What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend of debrief and effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, joining me again in the host spotlight. We love her to death, Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, what's up? It's fall, y'all. Happy fall. Is it officially? Yeah. When's the first well, day of fall? I, I always forget. I think a couple more days. Okay. A couple more days. But hey, welcome back from the fall retreat. Survived? Yeah. Everyone survived, last I checked. I, really awesome. Um, I always uh, just have the utmost respect for all of the youth workers. I think that you are the bravest and most courageous people on the planet. <laughs> we <laughs> we don't ever take... Ministry, we don't ever line up and take a before and after <laughs> picture of our faces, like Friday morning compared to Sunday, but no, it was great. It I was think awesome. I there's like, the Lord has something extra special for you all <laughs> and glory, you know, just for what you do. So. Yeah, but oh, it was a blast. It was good, but definitely feels like fall. So yeah, it was the kind of retreat where it's 83 degrees in the middle of the day, but you wake up and it's like 50. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, yeah kids fall. had a blast. It was, it was a lot of fun. We're, we're really excited about the year. So uh, he's back with us, the man, the myth, the Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Very good. Good. Thank yep. you. Thank you for being here. Guys, let's jump into a Sunday in review uh, towards the book of uh, the end of the book of Acts here. Alicia, I'll come your way first and we'll see where, where we go from there. So uh, lots of things stood out to me, but there were two big things that stood out to me. Um, obviously, this is a very action-packed chapter. There's so much mm-hmm. uh, excitement and uh, suspense and thrill uh, as we read along. Um, but the map uh, really helps understand the bigger picture of what's happening here and just the journey. And so that visual aspect really helped me. And as I was looking um, and seeing how the ship like once once the winds got a hold of them they lost all their navigation skills they had literally no control losing hope all of the things the boat is just zigzagging around and just thinking about all the possibilities of where this ship could have ended up um but to see god's hand on it like he's he's obviously steering the ship and then taking it just right to the perfect place in Malta. And um, so I just see the Lord once again showing up in his good, sovereign, providential way. Um, And I can't imagine, you know, once these people on the ship stepped back and realized what they had just been through and finally realizing where God had brought them, just the wonder of Mm. of that moment. Um, So that was one thing that stood out to me. And then the other is the French character Julius. He's the Roman centurion. He's kind of, he's he's not the star of the show, but he really is a big player. Mm -hmm. And, And just thinking about how the Lord used Julius to show favor towards Paul, not just to Paul, but the other prisoners and the soldiers, all the people on board. Uh, And then the fact that Julius and Paul spent so much time together. He's one of these, another one of these characters where I wonder, are we going to see him Mm. in heaven? Because we don't know the result of his faith, but he's obviously has a lot of respect for Paul. He listens to Paul's message. And so I, I just wonder, is 
is he going to be in heaven one day? Are we going to get to hear, you know, his story? So yeah. just another one of those I wonder mm -hmm. characters. When, and the Holy Spirit through Luke is deciding who and who not to name as yeah. we read this whole book as well. So, right. so anytime you, you, you get their names in there or it appears multiple times, it's like, okay, clearly I was supposed to know about this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to what degree? I, I don't necessarily quite know, but mm -hmm. I mean, hey, it's in there. There are, there are a lot of people, a lot of players in this whole book that don't necessarily get named. They get referred to in groups, but it, it's cool when they do stand out like that. And that's why I think the map, Tim Tim's brought up the map multiple times throughout this series. You, you brought up this weekend as well. And it, it just helps get a frame of reference for it. I, I brought up a map when I preached past spring and just kind of, you can lay Israel over like Northern Virginia and realize, okay, like it, it's all kind of right up in there too. But we, right. we don't, if you, if you polled our youth group, how big do you think Israel is? They're going to think it's like the United States, right? So anytime you can contextualize it, mm -hmm. know these names, know these places, it's a book of nouns for sure. It, it really gives your mind a good picture of what, what's happening. It so. makes me wonder, too, what Luke is writing to Theophilus. Mm -hmm. So was this Julius somebody? We don't, you know, what was the August, uh, the, uh, the Augustan um, cohort? Um, people really don't know what that was. Some say it was a special, um, they were like um, our modern-day um, marshals, um, that they took people back to Rome. You know, mm -hmm. they were they they were they were sitting on the plane, handcuffed to the mm -hmm. guy that they were taking. Or what? What really were they? Um, it was an imperial. It is believed that they the Augustus. So that's a Caesar. That's probably an imperial special special forces kind of group. Mm -hmm. So they um, they were well trained, no doubt. Well. Um, equipped and um, very loyal. Uh, but Theophilus may have known this guy. So it might have been another reason why his name was mm -hmm. mentioned. Yeah. Or he may have risen in the ranks or something like that. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it's one of those, you know, like you said, it's one of those interesting things. Why did we name him? Because right. uh, some other people aren't named. So mm -hmm. in our <clears throat> small group discussion last night, um, we were kind of wondering so Luke is on on the ship with them. Um, Aristarchus, is that how you say his name? Aristarchus. Aristarchus. Yes. So he's there. How, like, was this commonplace that they allowed, uh, come you know, a companions to go with the prisoners on? Well, he to it, and fro. It's possible like, he was a he was also a prisoner. Okay. So that is a possibility. It doesn't say that, but but it what is, about Luke? I think he was a personal friend and the personal physician. So you he was could a take your I, own. I, apparently, that yeah. With I you. think Luke secured his passage and mm -hmm. uh, and that was permitted. Uh -huh. Again, Paul was uh, respected. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was there was no charge against him, and he was he was somewhat of a notorious or um, celebrity. Right. I mean, all what? of Jerusalem, all of Judea. Was turned upside down. It, it brought years. to my mind when we have celebrities get get indicted or go to prison. It does look a little different yeah. than some Joe Schmo off the <laughs> yeah. street. Yeah. So Arist uh, Aristarchus <laughs> might have been just a friend from mm -hmm. uh, from Thessalonica um, that was traveling. You know, again, a personal attendant. Mm -hmm. Some think that he could have been also a prisoner. Mm -hmm. His name will come up elsewhere in, in epistles. So um, 
Paul is afforded some privileges. I have obviously when they stop at Sidon, he can go visit some friends. Um, he has some free roam on the ship. And I find it interesting how in the midst of the storm, Paul shows up at some of the most amazing places, like, and then speaks into it. So he's, uh, he's, uh, he's well situated and, uh, he's got the ear of, uh, of Julius mm -hmm. and, um, uh, yeah, so and he has companions along the way and all the, the little stops yeah, and he yeah. has friends and then, you know, next chapter, yeah. we're going to see that as well. One of the things I didn't talk about that you're kind of alluding to here is in chapter 27, there are some, I think, some really good leadership principles. I mentioned mm -hmm. Paul being a great leader, mm -hmm. but not, not unpacked that. But there are some really kind of interesting leadership principles in here. Um, uh, where he, you know, again, he positions himself in key places where he, he has, he can speak into things. He, um, addresses, I told you so. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he doesn't mm -hmm. back away there. There's, there, there's corrective leadership there, mm -hmm. but then there's very assertive leadership. Um, you know, this is what God has told me. And, you know, he exudes a confidence and take encouragement. He says on multiple occasions, it's just, it's a, it's a, he's, he's inspiring. Mm -hmm. Take courage, man. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. there's a lot of neat uh, leadership principles here. Um, if they, those guys cut that boat off, no one's going to get saved. And so Julius accepts, cuts, you know, he chops uh, the rope and lets those boats go free. And the, the soldiers, the sailors are trying to escape on it. So yeah, there's a lot of assertiveness and yet a, a gentleness, mm -hmm. um, a concern for the people, great encourager, a visionary. There's so many little leadership yeah. principles. Oh, I love that too. And and you can see that even like in the little detail of how um, when he encouraged them to eat food and yeah. and he gave thanks. He you know broke bread and gave thanks. Yeah. And just like those little um, actions mm -hmm. speak loudly, and it's it's a once again, a gospel witness. Yeah. And then another thing that stood out to me uh, about Paul is um, when he is talking to the men, they're, they've lost hope. And then he tells them about the angel appearing to him. And he says, for this very night, there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And I thought those are very powerful words because um, you know, in this culture, there are so many different gods. And once again, we see Paul identifying himself with the sovereign God to whom he belongs. So that is, um, that is servant slave language. And he's in Romans, he calls himself a bond servant, you know? And so, so here he is identifying himself as one being owned by God belonging to God. And in this particular scenario where he himself is a prisoner, there are other prisoners on board and um, he's speaking his identity to them, to the people on the ship. And so I think that that's another powerful witness in uh, his life and just acknowledging this is a different, you know, I belong to somebody different, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And he was not ashamed uh, to convey that. And he was very bold in his testimony. And um, yeah. It, not ashamed to convey it regardless of circumstance too. Alicia mentioned this idea come out of verse 35. He, he, 
took the bread, gave thanks to God in front of them all. Mm-hmm. I mean, of, of all opportunities or environments to maybe ditch the stuff you kind of always do, uh, I think it'd be very easy in crisis or in struggle, in despair or a storm of life. Maybe you don't remember to pray as much or you're like, I got to work on all this stuff, but he's still doing the same things he was doing before they were in that situation. Praying over the food, bringing God into the moments where it'd be very easy to be like, forget about God. What are we doing here? We got to worry about us right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's doing the same thing. Yeah. It's that that hands-on leadership. We're going to give thanks for this food. Give thanks, you know, like of all of, of all opportunities to question an attitude of gratitude in this? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. He's saying, yeah. You know, let me say one of the, those definitions of leadership is uh, uh, look behind you. Is anybody following? Mm-hmm. So as soon as he did that in verse 35, verse 36 says, and all of them were encouraged mm-hmm. and they themselves took food. So they, they did. They, so it was effective. <laughs> it, yeah, there was, he was a leader. He mm-hmm. was exuding. He took the bread, broke it, ate it, and uh, look behind you. Who's, who's following you? Mm-hmm. They, they, mm-hmm. He was a leader um, in every respect uh, of that word. Another thing about Paul in this, um, in in his life as a whole, but then highlighted in this passage is how he kept his mind set on the promises of God. Jesus had visited him before a couple chapters before said, you're going to be going, you're, you're going to Rome. And so he, he already knew the end of the story. And, um, and so he's, he's confident in that, how, how he gets there, we don't, you know, he, who knows? Only the Lord knows. And so there's a trust issue with that. And um, in our small group last night, we were talking about, do we live like we believe the promises of God? Because we know the end of the story. Mm-hmm. We know the promises that God has for us in his word, but do we really live like we believe them? And um, there, there's aspects where there is... Uh, this practical picture here where we see them as they're approaching the land, you know, as they're hearing the sounds, they know that land is near, they're ready to drop the lifeboat and row to shore. And that seems practical. Like, why, why not? Let's go this route. But Paul, he sees the bigger picture. No, that's not how, what God said. He said, we're going to, we're all going to make it safely. The boat's gonna not gonna make it, but we're we're gonna we're gonna get there. And so stay on the boat. Let's trust God. Stay on the boat. And so there's there's that aspect of well in life, how are we um, are we seeking the practical way out? And and I was just thinking this morning of like, okay, what does that look like for me? Loving my enemy, uh, hmm. being wise with my money staying when it's easier to leave? Like how many of those situations have you been in? Mm-hmm. Um, discipline versus indulgence or discipline versus the easy way out, stepping into those hard spaces. Like what does those, those are practical things that are, Ooh, I can either go this way or this way. I know it honors the Lord but what does my flesh want? What's mm-hmm. easier? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just, there's a huge amount of uh, faith that we need uh, to be able to just walk through that. And it's that bigger picture. And you had mentioned, Pastor Mark, at, I think towards the end of the sermon, that Paul was enamored with who Jesus is and that affected his actions. And so 
when we're when we are when he is the object of our faith that affects our faith that um, gives us assurance and encouragement and the courage to walk through those hard things when and to make the right decisions. Yeah, there's so much we can learn about God too. I, I think it can be easy for us to be hyper aware of some of God's promises, but maybe not others. There, there can be gaps in our thinking or understanding of Him, and before you know it, it, it determines the kind of God we have in our minds. Where Paul's kind of a well-rounded believer and follower at this point. He he knows the character of God, and he knows what he's promised and who he is, but we can find, in my experience, ruts in our thinking where, okay, I know A, C, and E about about God, uh, and, and I know he's like that, but maybe there's other elements of God's character that I don't fully comprehend and understand yet, or maybe I don't lean on them. Mm-hmm. You can see how growing in those mm-hmm. areas— as you're having all these life experiences, it creates a situation where hopefully it's harder to doubt him, mm-hmm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you can start to see, okay, and then you're better, think about the small group setting, you're, you're better at, at building one another up and iron sharpening iron because you have an awareness of, hey, don't forget about this. Mm-hmm. Don't, like any conversations I have with pastors around here, there's this... There's this bonding over maybe something somebody shares, but then there's this, but don't forget also that God is blank. And then it's like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah. what we yeah. sometimes we need reminded of that, and it's cool to see that's where Paul was. D- does it does it bother you a little bit? Yes, it did no, me <laughs> <laughs> that, and you brought it up, Alicia, that God had already reminded Paul mm-hmm. in a vision, you're going to go to Rome. Mm-hmm. So why did he do it again? Was Paul starting to uh, get enough mm-hmm. seasickness and and doubt? I mean, was it for the benefit of those the rest of the two hundred seventy five people that needed to hear that to be able to say an angel mm-hmm. of the God whom who I serve said this to me? I, I don't know necessarily the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting, but but when I'm studying this, and I didn't say anything of this in the sermon, but yeah, I could. If God's angel came to me and spoke to me some words of encouragement in a moment of trauma, I would be encouraged too. <laughs> Give me an angel, Lord. Yeah. You know, right. how come I don't get one of those angels? And, um, you know, why'd Paul get it? And why he already gave him one, uh, you know, <laughs> back in Jerusalem yeah. in jail. You know, he didn't need another one. Well, well, he could rest on that. So, hmm. y- you know, we do have God's word. We do have his promises. We do have the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, God gave Paul a little extra boost there, and it would be at nice sometimes. I can remember years ago, I was going through a, a certain situation. I was wrestling with it, wrestling with it, and didn't know for sure what the Lord wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. I stopped in at John Morrison's office, uh, at that time our pastor of, of, of family ministry and counseling, and he listen to me gripe and whine. And then he said, well, what do you want, Carrie? He said, what do you want from God? You want, want him to come down like he, he did in the story of Daniel and write on the wall with his finger what you should do? I said, exactly. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we don't get that. Right. We don't get We don't get an angel standing by us. We do have the presence of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and we do have his written word with mm-hmm. all the promises in there. And we, we are forced really that's that's what we've got. Right. We don't have any more. Right. But that's is to be enough. Right. And so we need to rest on that. But if we're not familiar with God's word and his promises, and if we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit and have no 
conception or we're just not in tune with that, mm -hmm. we we are like the Alexandrian green ship. Mm -hmm. We're just being tossed about by every wind of doctrine yeah. mm -hmm. and floating along there and not knowing what to do in the course of our life. Which is the kind of stuff Paul's going to bring up in, in more one-on-one -on -one discipleship type books. He talks to Timothy and, you know, be careful, mm -hmm. be careful. People will be tossed aside by yeah. every wind of doctrine, the tickling of ears, this, that, and the other. Right. People want rest, but they don't they don't know what they can rest on when it comes to the the God approach to yeah. it. it. It seems like one, I could go the God route. I, I've said it before. We we treat our we treat our faith like Jesus is one tool on our tool belt. Yeah. So if things get bad enough, maybe I'll try the the Jesus thing. But true Christianity, we are a tool on His tool belt. But when we understand the totality of what He's doing, it's not about Him being one of our options. It's about Him wanting us to be one of His, and that's that's a much different way of looking at it. And it's the way Paul. Yeah, Paul looked yeah. at it. Yeah, and I in my notes I just wrote down um, two verses that go right along with what you were saying, Pastor Mark. In Philippians one six, I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. And then four nineteen, my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And then one more, 1 Corinthians 1, 8, he will sustain you to the end guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's, we see some things with these passages is God is, he is the one who provides and he is the one that gets the glory. He, he is the end goal. And so, mm -hmm. and, and I think that you brought that out in one of your application points to be perfected by Christ. We're like, these trials and these tribulations are meant to form us into his image to so we can identify with him and and look more like him through it and like the the dross will be burned away and we're going to be perfected mm -hmm. and looking more and more like him but it it doesn't um it doesn't mean it's easy and it doesn't mean that you mentioned the human responsibility and god's sovereignty there's that aspect of it too like we we do have the choice of Okay, I can open God's word and see what he's, how is he speaking to the situation in my life, or I can avoid it. I can go the easier route and try to numb myself and go do whatever, you know, like you, there's that human responsibility aspect of it too. Um, but the, the Holy Spirit is so uh, good and so kind to us, and he's so full of compassion that he he woos our hearts to him and i like it just in those moments it, the still small voice is there like he doesn't leave me <laughs> and i'm not ever forsaken in those moments people people like to talk as if people in heaven are watching us and and i don't i don't think that's true i think they're totally wrapped up in the glory of god to know what we're up to i don't know if it would be heaven if they're sitting here watching us <laughs> right 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 exactly right. The, but but, but we think that way yeah. we 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 think they put us on the television and they're wa you know they're watching our every move no they're wrapped up in the glory of god fully satisfied but if they were watching you got to wonder if there'd be a curiosity about this holy spirit era <laughs> and like what that must be like mm -hmm. to have that because I I've had students tell me like man it's unfair that those people got to see Jesus in the flesh and I, I wasn't born then and I'm like yeah that's true you didn't get to but you're born now you have the spirit dwelling within you as a believer that's something they didn't have and so it's just fascinating to realize like we're all part of this thing and you're right it it's not going to be an angel out of nowhere the writing's not on the wall because the writing's in a book mm -hmm. and that's the the period 
that we've been placed in. Yeah, and I think uh, that is why trials and tribulations, the circumstances uh, to be being perfected by Christ, as you were saying, Alicia, that I, I quoted from 2 Corinthians 12, right after Paul had talked about, I've endured this and this mm -hmm. and this, you know, five times, 39 lashes, <laughs> all this stuff. But then he says after that, um, I'm well content then with weaknesses and insults and distresses and persecutions with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. It's it's that it's those things, it's those shipwrecks of life that strip away self reliance. Oh, I, I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna sneak into that lifeboat and save ourselves. Mm -hmm. No, you'll it, end up in your doom. Mm -hmm. Do not do trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs three. Do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your path. And we have to believe that. And uh, stripping away, when we're on a leaky boat in the midst of a ferocious typhoon, typhoon, mm -hmm. and there's nothing else we can do but look up and say, God, what we're, now we find in that weakness, all of a sudden there's a strength that comes that mm -hmm. is, um, it's, it's undefinable. Otherworldly. And now we can grow and we can keep, the next time it happens and the next time it happens, and that, at least that should be the normal Christian mm -hmm. life, mm -hmm. that we progressively um, grow in, in dependence on him. The old Westminster Confession of Faith, the divines back you know 500 years ago, said that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're called to do, not live a life free of trouble, right. but to glorify God in the midst of it and enjoy him mm -hmm. in the midst of well, that's a, there's yeah. a Spurgeon quote out there along those lines. I've learned to thank God for the waves that crash me against the rock of ages. There's mm -hmm. such an awareness of the rock of ages that mm -hmm. you better believe the waves are going to come, yeah. but you learn yeah. <laughs> to actually thank God for the opportunity because right. all the waves, all the trials, they're going to throw you at whatever you're leaning on. Every time, whatever you're idolizing, whatever's fueling you, whatever's driving you, it's what you're clinging to, and life will push you at it full force. So if it isn't Christ, you're going to feel it. Yeah. 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 When, yeah. like, the, we shouldn't be surprised at those fiery trials, but our... Which we are like, all the time. I, my natural instinct is like, <laughs> okay, Lord, I, I think you I believe you've called me to this. You know, you've called me to these relationships or this job or this, that, and the other but I am getting beaten up by the wind, you know, mm -hmm. like I just one slam after another, but there's, yeah, no, don't be surprised, but those fiery trials, he's, he's got this bigger picture and we do have his promises and we do know the end. Yeah. And just like Paul knew the end of this, this story. Yeah. And I, that was one of the points of to, knowing that we're going to be rewarded by Christ. Mm -hmm. The things that we see are temporal. The things that are unseen are the eternal things. So keep your eye on the prize, mm -hmm. uh, run the race with endurance, fixing your eyes on him, the author and, and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endure the cross and despise the shame, mm -hmm. Hebrews chapter 12. So th there's so much in the, in the scriptures that call us to that life. You're right, though. It's like our default action is pressing the panic button or the eject button. Mm -hmm. Get me out of here. Mm -hmm. Or our prayer, our prayer um, times in our small groups or wherever in corporate prayer. It's Lord, we pray for Aunt Tilly. Remove the bunion on her left toe. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. well maybe God wants it there to right. teach Aunt Tilly to, you know, <laughs> to quit him. kicking the dog. <laughs> and, <laughs> but. 
<laughs> God uses those things, uh -huh. and so let's not remove them too quickly if that's not what God's plan is. <laughs> uh, sorry, that made me giggle, Mark. That was good. That was good. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Mark, do you want to share a little bit? How many more weeks do we have of Acts here, and what's, what's next the next week, couple? The yep. next week will be in the first 16 verses of the last chapter of Acts, sure. chapter 28. Uh, that That is the 24th. Sunday the 24th, October 1st, uh, first day in October, uh, we will handle the last part of mm -hmm. Acts chapter 28 and for all intents and purposes conclude our study of the book of Acts. Then October 8th, uh, which is the very first Sunday of our Global Missions Week, um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up, uh, I think, and I'm going to pick up on this idea in verse 30 and 31 where it says, Paul stayed two full years in his own rented uh, quarters welcoming all who came to him. And verse 31 says, and preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness and unhindered. Uh, what a great picture of, uh, of, of, um, of, of global mm -hmm. missions. I mean, or the call of the global church um, to continue preaching that. And um, so we'll talk a little bit about what we do in global missions that week. And then we kick off our week of global missions. And uh, now later, after that's over, there there are some themes in the book of Acts that we referred to, we didn't necessarily delve into, and we're going to come back to some of those. You're going to take a couple, Tim's going to take a couple. And so there are some topics that are referred to in Acts multiple times in many ways, and we'll, we're going to just post hole a little deeper mm -hmm. uh, on some of those topics for six weeks. And... Um, um, yeah, the the first of October uh, and the eighth will will be done. With, it'll be, yep, one year. It's exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, well, Alicia, thank you for being here. Oh, you're, you're awesome, welcome. Mark. You, appreciate it, my brother. Mm -hmm. uh, as a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place on your favorite podcast platform. Just type in Sermon Spotlight and we pop right up. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Till next week, much love. God bless.